Welcome to Two From Two Cubed. This week we were joined by the wonderful, enthusiastic Lawrence Willard from On The Pulse Consultancy. Lawrence says On The Pulse is highlighting the realities of everyday life with a rare bleeding disorder and is working towards providing a more fulfilling and tailored patient experience from people like him. Let's jump right into it. Here's episode three of Two From Two Cubed. The Essex boys are together once again. <laughs> uh, okay, right. We are sat here with the wonderful Mr. Lawrence Woolard um, in our very hot, sweaty office, uh, ready to have a conversation about who the hell Lawrence is, what On The Pulse is all about, and creativity, online presence, branding, etc. And let's jump into it. What an absolute pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you for Um, coming. It's a privilege to be uh, the first guest. Yeah, it's exciting. uh, On the... uh, Two from two (laughs) (laughs) cubes. I would also just like to note that I'm also present. Yeah, Adam is here. Whose voice is that? Adam's here. (laughs) (laughs) So it's two from two cubes with Lawrence. (laughs) Thank you. No, this is really exciting. This is really exciting. Very exciting. um, New venture for us. Yeah, totally. Um, let's jump in with the first question. Please. So, it, who are you? <laughs> so, <laughs> big one. That's a big question. That's a big question. Yeah. So, um, I am Lawrence Bullard, um, and I'm 28 years old, um, and I'm also from Essex, and we, that's where uh, we know yep. each other from. Yep. Good old um, Bitmaker. Good old, good old Bitmaker. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and I'm, I, uh, last summer, uh, set up my... Uh, company yep. um, set up my consultancy for for the first time, um, so it's been a bit of a crazy journey, yep. and you boys have played a big part of that. So Good. we like to. I'm yeah, hoping yeah. that we're going to basically use this as a therapeutic session <laughs> to, <laughs> to get uh, over just it, to get, <laughs> just to get over the past twelve months, really. So definitely. So. Uh, what is on the pulse? Yes. What, what's it all about? Yeah, so it, it's it all um, it all comes out of of my experience of living with um, a rare bleeding disorder called haemophilia. Okay. So um, it's a hereditary condition, um, and uh, so it's in the family. Yep. And um, it just means that I'm missing a certain um, clotting factor protein. Okay. Um, in my blood, so it just that 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 can result in, in, in bleeding. People say, oh, if, if you cut yourself, you don't stop bleeding. That's not... Not, not quite. No, that's <laughs> not really... That's not necessarily true. Admittedly, yeah. that's the stereotype it's, that I wear as well. stereotype. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, yeah. if, you, if you know your history quite well, haemophilia uh, was also in the royal family. So you okay. might have learned that at school, and I remember it being in okay. my school test, and also yeah, we did yeah. a bit in science. But right. the, the client factor that I'm missing is called, called factor eight deficiency, haemophilia A. And again, it's it's really to do with what happens in the in the muscles and the joints. Okay. Um, and if, 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 if untreated or, or not managed... Um, appropriately, um, you know, there can be really devastating consequences. Yeah. Right. Um, so really, On The Pulse was totally born out of my, my lived experience of, of having haemophilia and an opportunity to add a patient voice yep. or somebody lived experience to, yeah. to kind of what was going on in the space and yeah. what's being created for people like me and their caregivers. Definitely. And I think that's like such an important thing is because 
having that actual patient side makes the world of difference to healthcare because otherwise it's a load of professionals who think they know what it's like to live with it or think they know what yeah just how sure, it feels sure. but actually the reality is they're kind of disconnected in a little way because well, they're also thinking about a million other not, diseases yeah, totally, but i think don't you wouldn't you also maybe you potentially see this in your own sorry your own um, your own work though where even with me, sometimes actually become you can become quite tunnel visioned with things, yeah. and even in our own work, of course, yeah, you know, there's things that we're thinking about how, what we want to develop and what we want to do, and actually you have to step back sometimes and go, who are the right people that I need to speak to to yeah. co inform this piece of work, and it's exactly yeah. the same principle. Our clients, you know, working with healthcare companies, pharmaceutical industry, you know, it's, it's just about how do we how do we support that process? You know, yeah. how can we really make a sustainable impact on the ground. So why is that so important? Like, why did you start doing that in the first place? And was there a lack of those sort of patient experiences in the haemophilia community, or did you feel like it wasn't being done well enough? Well, we have, I mean, we have a national patient organization. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I hear a lot of the rare disease events that I go to and a lot of the conferences and things, you know, you hear from other sectors how strong the haemophilia community is. I agree to some extent, and I think the patient organisation that we've got, we're very fortunate to have the patient organisation that we've got, and they fulfil a really good role, in particular for newly diagnosed families, which is a really critical and crucial period, you know, coming to terms with that diagnosis and how you manage that situation with with, with your child. And again, my mum can relate to that, having me and my two older brothers who are also affected. Um, But again, I think it was that you know and you also need those kind of key opinion leaders from the community on the ground who have gone through it have been through are are experiencing what it's like to go through the different channels of of clinical care and the different services and all of that to really come in and go actually guys this is what needs to be got this this is what we need to change or this is what we need to implement because at the moment it's not working yeah and actually there's 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 you know um, uh, consequences as a result of that, you know. Yeah, X, Y, and Z. And how does living with haemophilia sort of affect you in your sort of everyday life? How does it actually make an impact on your life that you have to be considerate for? Yeah, so I think we've, I mean, the, the innovation in treatment it's been, especially over recent years, it's been absolutely remarkable. So yeah. as I said before, haemophilia is hereditary. So actually my granddad, it's, it's um, um, uh, linked with the X chromosome. So okay. it mainly affects males. Right. Okay. And my so my granddad had haemophilia okay. and he passed the, the defective gene to my mum, who was a carrier. And right. then all three of us, my Todd brothers got it yeah. as well. So if I look at what granddad's care was like, compared to mine yeah i mean it's just trans you know yeah, it's been it's transformative yeah, basically yeah, yeah. so again i'm I, I kind of um i certainly don't take it for granted about having the access to the treatment that we've got so at the moment is it's mainly it's all you know has been for, for for a number of years replacement clotting factor okay um so just replacing the deficient factor and okay. um, that's through intravenous infusion so right. i think when you get to a certain age again 28 years old you know it's a five ten minute infusion every yeah. other day at the moment on in, in my case okay right. so in terms of actually what that looks like an impact on daily living yeah. for me that's just a, it becomes normal routine yeah, you've been doing it all yeah. you know yeah, most yeah. of your life um but the issue is that the how we were treated in the early years, those key paediatric years. Right. And 
the implication in terms of as we were going through that whole sort of transitional process, yeah. becoming teenagers and then moving out to adult care and that whole sense of you know taking more independence, uh, taking more responsibility for your health and the, the independence and things like that. And you know, I'd certainly made some bad choices. Don't and, we all? And, uh, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and because that of that, age. though, because of that, you know, that's resulting in really bad joint arthropathy, arthropathy sorry, because of those repetitive bleeds. Right, okay, so in yeah. terms of my daily living, you know, that's impacted on me now yeah. because I've got a fused ankle and I've got chronic arthropathy in my elbow and my left right. ankle. Yeah. And that causes me problems. I can't stand right. for very long. There's difficulty sometimes travelling, waking right. up with swollen ankle every morning. You know, there's, so there, there's some real issues there as a result of not having optimum treatment yeah. and also making certain decisions that if I was informed enough, yes. maybe I wouldn't have done and that. And I think it's, it's all about that being informed about it. It's about having those people in that community who are actually like, okay, so from this stage to this stage, this is what you need to take and into account. Yeah, I, like, I think talking about that age group as well is that going on to sort of social media a little bit as well is that's why you've been so prevalent online as well is because for that age group, that is how you contact them. That is how you get in front of their faces is by yeah. using the internet, online, social media. Totally, like, and I think that, that, you know, for young people in particular, that's why it's so important. I think that's why I think it's so relevant that you have, you know, those certain figures yeah. in the community to be able to reach yeah. out to or hear those experiences Definitely. from to really get a grasp and understand what is the consequences of those, you know. Almost you saying, don't do what I've done. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's trying to give other, it's trying to give, especially in terms of young people, it's trying to give them better possibilities yeah. and just to help them understand that actually okay. if you manage this really well, you can live a, what we call a near to normal life, although yeah. what is normal, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but it's true though, actually you can manage it really well, but as yeah. you say, you know, there is, there is a part on you as the patient, you need to be educated to some degree. You need yeah. to have clinical professionals that are willing to take the time and, and give you the space to be, have, you know, make, have co-decision making, yeah, you know, definitely. to be able to have that type of conversation. That comes with time. Yeah, you know, that so does come with time. That right? kind of leads quite nicely onto the next question, which is how is on the pulse making a difference in the haemophilia community or how are you planning to make it more of a difference in the in the community so it's definitely and and i'm sure again you, you know you can uh, uh appreciate this as a company you know as a sort of startup company yourselves that yep. you know it's a building process yeah definitely. and for me that's been a, a big realization over the past 12 months you know this is a long-term project yeah. yes it's a long-term project. It's thinking about actually, again, how do we create and make and have that sustainable impact on the ground? And I think for me, it's been, you know, and, and the company, it's been a massive learning curve about some of the discussions that we've been having, some of the interactions and really trying to figure out, you know, what are certain, you know, what, what do industry want to do? You know, what do the patient organisation want to do? Actually, where are those sort of needs at the moment? In yeah, terms and of I, I can kind of imagine that your job is quite hard because you're trying to bring together industry and patient. And sometimes those two worlds don't necessarily go together as well as what they both think they should. So having that sort of middleman to go, actually, 
patients are saying this and industry is saying this, this is how we can do it totally, successfully. Totally, totally. And I think that at the end of the day, you know, it's a part of the ecosystem. Yeah. And actually, if each works, if each works together, yeah. you know, providing there's those strict lines, because there's got to be those strict lines, yeah, you course. know, between the industry and the patient community, but providing that you're all on the same page and like the dialogue is actually, we're only, you know, it's all at the end of the day, who's going to be, who needs to benefit from all of that? It's us, right? Yeah. It's us, it's yeah. people using those services. Yeah. So, and using those treatments. So at the end of the day, we all need to be on like the same page and having an understanding actually what is going on and instead of potentially investing in something that really isn't worthwhile isn't yeah. worthwhile and it's just ensuring there's enough voices in the community that again can really co-inform that yeah. stuff and what have you sort of discovered over the past 12 months about that relationship between the two is it sort of is there work that needs to be done well evidently because you're doing what you're doing yeah so. sure i think that again like i it's i've met some absolutely incredible people yeah like if we're speaking about industry side, I've met some incredible people who are, you know, doing what they're doing because they generally want to make a difference. Yep. You know, and and you you can understand as soon as you have that conversation, you can totally recognise you know how informed they are, and and there's a certain level of respect yep. you know that of, of how you communicate, how you talk about a certain you know how you talk about haemophilia, yeah. for yeah. instance. You know, there are certain niche, certain um. Uh, 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 I what's the, I don't know what the word would be, but <laughs> you know, there are certain things that that you just have to when you know your community and you know who you're working yeah, for. You don't need to. You, you can. Yeah. I can totally relate to that, and I can yeah. totally see that. And, but then also from the patient community side as well, in terms of looking at what some of the organisations are doing, not just in the UK, but from a European perspective, and also a, a global perspective as yeah. well. I mean, it's unbel and, and I think that's the biggest realisation of this whole journey is that it's how do we go and how do we go out there into the community and help those who aren't necessarily connected yeah. into the haemophilia world or the bleeding disorders world. Yeah. How do we go out there and, and go and tell them or go and show them or try and encourage them that actually there's this incredible community yeah. and there's a lot of support out there yeah. and actually I've met some of my best mates through it and yeah. I've formed unbelievable relationships with people as a result of being engaged, being involved yeah. and actually these opportunities are available to you also and it's about how do we go and get, how do we reach like, out to yeah, them bring that that, who might not yeah. necessarily know that they need help and support because mm -hmm. I certainly didn't. Yeah. I didn't realise that actually how I was managing myself and also the treatment I was receiving actually that for me that wasn't good enough at the time yeah. but how do you know that if yeah. you don't know any if no, you don't, if you don't know, any know better yes, yeah. like how do you know that unless you've got someone you've got something that's helping and supporting you to realize that yeah. and that is for me like that's again especially over the past 12 months is trying to think about what can we do as, as a consultancy as a as a really as a third party provider yeah. how can we then go and work with industry and also what can we create and work with the patient organization to go and deliver yeah so how does that sort of uh, relate to your online presence as on the pulse and obviously as yourself personally how does that sort of um why is that important why is it important that you are online connecting to people 
And are you connecting to people on a sort of regular daily basis? Yeah, so I think for On The Pulse, it's, you know, again, I, I think we understand our position within the within the, the context of the community. Again, we're not a patient organisation. Yeah. And we're not serving to be a patient organisation. Again, it's really important that the patient organisation fulfils that that role and they are strong and, and they're offering the right resources, support to, to all different cohorts and members of the community. Yeah. But for me, actually, it's about for On The Pulse to create its own voice and and create content that actually comes from a very independent and impartial position and that's something we're always trying to stress you know we are an independent impartial voice so and i love that freedom that we have to go and write or go and create video content or whatever it might be that's again not only kind of giving messages to the people that are involved in the community from an from an industry and, and perspective yep. to say actually look what's going on or, or this is kind of what we should be looking at etc yeah. etc but also then hopefully connecting with members of the community yeah definitely. you so, know and, and and relate and making it relatable to them as well you know so what content do you sort of rely on online what is what do you go to on your online presence is it blogs is it videos? yeah so i think is to it... be honest it's really weird it's like i i think from the start it was very much taking that traditionalist approach and i don't really know why right but actually, I think there is, like, you obviously know how much I love what you guys do. Yeah. But there is a lot. There, there's so much different elements to yeah. content creation. Oh, and there's so much content, right? I even see it on Facebook. I mean, Facebook, again, I've sort of, on a personal level, sort of lost a bit of love for Facebook. Oh, me too. Because all you're doing is just seeing videos of cats yeah. and, and lad bikes. Scrolling and, and scrolling. Just and scrolling. Yeah, and a scrolling. lot of that, right? And some of it's like you can totally connect with and yeah. it's great, but actually, a lot of it is just. I, I sometimes Rubbish. I find myself five minutes, I'm like, well, like what, what am what I doing? You know? <laughs> yeah. So actually, I, it, and I also think for me as well, again, and just from some of the people that I've connected, I mean, at a recent conference, at one of the Global Bleeding Disorders Conference, had somebody who worked for sort of a market research agency just come up to me and goes, Lawrence, I've been reading a lot of what's going on in the Pulse. Absolutely love it. It's been really good. It's actually helping us kind of shape and inform some of the work that we're doing from our end. She was based in like the US. Amazing. And I love that. Like that, that gave, that gave me so much satisfaction actually what we're doing and what we're creating and what we're saying it's making is, that is, is making that impact on people yeah. you know um, but again I think we've really gone down that traditionalist approach of actually just writing up the blog and I also think from a personal perspective again I love taking the time to read something yeah. and I feel like we sort of lost that in some respects slightly, slightly yeah. lost that opportunity of actually I'm going to go to this and read it when I want or pick out what I want yeah. when I want I think the sort of people's attention spans it's gone from one extreme it's slowly coming back so it's gone from people only have two seconds to watch something and be interested but totally. we in our last episode of Why Video we were talking about podcasts and nowadays people are uploading video content with their podcast, podcast of their yeah. podcast so there's a guy who I watch uh, called Matt Diavello who does the Ground Up show his podcast is like hour and a half two hours long he uploads those videos to YouTube and those videos are getting like 10,000 views amazing and I think that that speaks volumes because that's 10,000 people who are willing to sit down for an hour and a half and watch a video incredible isn't it which when we first started our company we were big advocates for make it shorter make it concise get your message across in two minutes otherwise people are going to shut off Mm. but I think that's sort of changing now and the thing is if you've got that personality if you've got that brand if you've got that identity to go with that 
then you, you're on yeah, to a winner. Totally. Which that segues lovely into the next question, which is there is why is branding important to you? So why is that? Yeah, why is that important to you so, or your company? Well, I think like, so yeah, it's sort of to answer that question as well, Adam, but I was just going to say that it's also, I, I kind of see it as a bit having like a balanced diet, right? right. Mm-hmm. That actually that, that's similar to content. It's just trying to think about, isn't it? What types of content can we, can you just use yeah. and take advantage of yeah. that? And it's just having that sort of balanced piece. And I don't, it's not easy though either. No. You know, it's take, I think, I, I, and again, I, I have that a lot. Maybe this might come into some of the, some of the later conversation, but you know, I, I've had, had a lot of people that come up and, and, and said to us, you know, why don't you try this? Or why don't you do this? Or what? You know, and it's kind of like I totally respect your point and, yeah. and appreciate that, but you have no idea what goes into yeah, even making some of the stuff that we're doing at the moment. That takes a lot of time, takes a lot of energy, takes a lot of research, a lot. You know, and and again, when you're building that place or position for yourself in a community that is like a rare disease like haemophilia and there are those nuances that's the word i was trying to think about (laughs) you know you've got to be respectful for what some of that content that you're creating i'm really mindful of that you know for for the company so i think it's you know this stuff takes time to do and there's a lot of energy and within the whole context of running a business yeah you know it can be really challenging i think that's where you guys come in you know that's why that is so helpful and supportive to have a service like you guys to kind of work with and get that type of support so i think that's like you know i I just wanted to add to that because i think it's also just having an appreciation what this stuff takes to do and create that that goes Um, on to the next question anyway doesn't it because like what you're saying is that it's all based around brand it's making sure your content is proper and fit yeah totally totally totally. because you can it's so easy isn't it to to do something just and, and, and you know you 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 lose um uh, you know, what's the word you, you lose a bit of focus on yeah. something where you don't even think about it yeah. you totally overlook something you yeah. think actually if somebody sees that or somebody reads that or something they could totally take that the wrong way be damaging, yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's just been really like that being really strict isn't it and having certain protocol in place to say actually we can't That's say it. that we're not going to do that that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that it's you know your that content's fake or, or, or that yeah. it's actually not trying to yeah create that message you know that real authentic message so i don't think it's about that just respecting the people that you're trying to reach definitely and you're sort of trying to reach two very different audiences so you've got industry who are clinicians who are health professionals who are a very particular type of person i'm sure there's many people who would disagree with that (laughs) um but then you've also on the flip side you've got patients and patients are Anybody, everybody, yeah. people like yourself, and there's sort of your when it comes to the on the pulse brand, you've got to appeal to both those healthcare professionals and the your average Joe. Yeah, totally. And but again, like you know, again, it's just really important for us that you know, again, we aren't a patient organisation. And I think yeah. if you were, if I was going to be totally upfront and honest, yeah, I would say that in terms of content. You know, our, our our content is certainly more aimed towards industry, yeah. you know, and, and, and the healthcare arena, totally. And I think that's really important for us. But yeah. I also like to think, and again, just from some of the reception that I get from within the community, that actually some of it, you know, it does relate. It does relate because actually it's sharing that lived experience. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's through, and also, I mean, one of the series that, you know, you guys have been supporting is the, the our Fact to This blog series. Yes. And that's, again, bringing to the fore, the people behind the scenes that if you're living with haemophilia and you're treating every other day or treating daily or whatever you do, 
and you're just trying to live your life and you go for your clinic appointment, say every six or 12 months or whatever's going on, there's people behind the scenes that are like, you know, they are the real influence. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, they are they are what we call the movers and shakers of the haemophilia worlds that yeah. you have no idea how they're operating, what they're doing. How comes we're just accessing this new treatment? Actually, what is this new treatment all about? Where's that come from? And why is that why is that why is that happening or why is there that service? Yeah. These guys who are behind the scenes who I've come to meet through my you know, through our work. Yeah. And and it's like actually let's shine a spotlight on these guys because we learn as a company. Yeah. Yeah, the stuff they're sharing, we're learning. How how has that experience been of going from a patient who was kind of disconnected from the community, didn't really know much about it, didn't necessarily think too heavily about it. Just getting on with life, yeah. Yeah, just getting on with your life, to having this opportunity to meet these people, these movers and shakers in the industry, what, what's that totally. experience been but, like? Yeah, so let me be let, as briefly as possible, let me bring it into perspective. <laughs> so, you know, my, uh, my background's music. I used yeah. to work in the music industry. I studied music. I worked incredibly hard to get a foot in the door. I could hear your drums from my house. Uh, could you actually? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, and that's, I think that stopped quite, quite soon, actually, just from all the uh, neighbours. Was, yeah. was he any good? Uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Actually. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, I, good. I, no, I look back now, it was awful. But that, <laughs> but that music, like, I was so invested in music. You remember from school. So yeah invested in music and then I went down to Brighton to actually study at Specialist Institute and and then kind of things led from there and went back home and then I got a job for us in the um, music publisher in Richmond in South right, London okay. moved to London did the whole London thing for a couple of years went to a big corporate record label and you know that was it was it's funny how it worked that I started doing a bit of voluntary work okay started volunteering the patient organization okay couple of opportunities came up I actually did my first engagement to one of the the speaking engagements to, to one of the companies and um, and that was just like that was like a light bulb moment it was actually yeah. in fact it was actually a network event that was being run through my haemophilia center in London okay. and because they hosted that one event and this is what I always think about why did I go from southwest London Richmond yeah why did I when, and I was living in Wimbledon at the time, also southwest. Okay. Why did I, on a Wednesday night, go after work for a long day at work, yeah. take the tube and the train all the way to central London? Like, I, I, I never go into central yeah. London. Why did I go all the way into central London and go this one network evening? Yeah. And I always think, what made me want to do that? Yeah. And if I hadn't gone to that, I definitely wouldn't be in this yeah. position today. And that's what I think, and it's just been a domino effect ever since. And I, and it came to the point where I was offered an opportunity to move to Brussels to work on kind of this this youth program for a European patient advocacy group called okay. the European Patients Forum. And again, it's just been this snowball effect, and you yeah. really started not only kind of advocacy on the haemophilia level, but also in just rare diseases. Yeah. And I just that's you know that that whole experience of kind of opening yourself up to suddenly realizing that all this stuff is going on behind the scenes yeah, and these realize. people these people are absolutely unbelievable are a part of that yeah and and they're and they're shaping they've either shaped haemophilia care as it is today or they're shaping haemophilia care for the future, future. and yeah. that's like unbelievable to meet these guys they're like celeb to me yeah they're like absolute celebrities and i think some people can't really relate to that obviously but for me when i've got this opportunity to sit down Ooh. with them and have a chat I'm like, you have no idea what that's like Isn't for me, well, like tell, to tell hear us, from that. Tell right? us about it. So what are the highs and lows? Like, who have you met that stands out to you in that community? I mean, yeah, I mean, we've done the, the first interview that we did was with a lady called um, uh, Kathy High. And 
she's a, a president of a biotech company now called Spark Therapeutics, and they're kind of okay. one of the companies leading the sort of gene therapy route of, of treatment for okay. haemophilia. Okay. So we're really, you know, that that's when we're talking about kind of novel innovation. You know that yeah. that is it. She was actually the first person to ever clone the factor nine gene in a dog, right. and again, like without kind of getting into it too much, but like that's unbelievable because that again sets set the sort of course for being able to look into how you do gene therapy in haemophilia. Okay. Yeah, and um, and so to to meet someone like her, she she was twenty five years as a haematologist, right. um, so she's got that clinical experience and yeah. now kind of working from that industry side, really pioneering. They call her the Empress of Gene Therapy, and oh, for me, like, that's, a, that's a cool title. For me, to like get, I, I got like fifteen minutes with her at a conference in January, and um, and just to listen to her, and she's one of those people you could just listen to all day. Yeah. And then I was fortunate enough to to be invited um, to speak alongside her. Wow. At, um, as part of their company symposium at the World Federation Haemophilia Global Congress in Glasgow, amazing. Uh, two two months ago, and for, on a personal note, that's like the biggest the the biggest achievement in my in my professional career within this yeah. within this field. Awesome. And I think as on the pulse as well for the company, like yeah. you know, it's it was amazing. So when you ask, yeah, you know, I mean, she is she's an absolute like she's up there as well as there's a gentleman called Brian Amani. And he lives with Haemophilia himself, and he's the chief exec of the Irish Haemophilia Society. Okay. But he's also the president of the European Haemophilia Consortium, Ooh, who's the European Haemophilia Advocacy Group, yeah. umbrella group. And that guy is just, I mean, you know, you, you hear his name from everyone. Yeah. And it not only is just an, an absolute lovely guy, yeah. and has given me so much of his time, but he's just he, the wealth of experience. Yeah. And again, yeah. to transition from being someone living with haemophilia to essentially become an, an, an advocate, an activist, and really a politician. Yeah. And he's been able to drive and, and shape not only Irish haemophilia care for the yeah. better, but you know, in yeah. terms of what he's done, he, I mean, he was, he was president of the World Fed as well. So, right. and, he, and he, he's just totally inspiring. He's, he's transformed. Yeah. What the an picture, incredible... The transform yeah. the picture of haemophilia care. Yeah, what so. just an incredible experience and opportunity for you to be a part just of that. Just part of that, totally. Yeah. totally. Yeah. Let's go polar opposite. And on that token, what would you say your lows have been, Lawrence? Have there been many lows thus far? I know you've only been doing 12 months, but... I'm telling you now, like, <laughs> <laughs> this is where we get into real therapy. Getting like, deep, you know. getting deep, right. No, right on I think, like, I think if I... If I had any realization and understanding what it would take, mm -hmm. I mean, if you sat me down and went, right, Lawrence, you know, before I thought about doing any of this, yeah, and you were like, this is what it's, it's going to be a Monday to Sunday job. Yep. You won't, you won't be able to stop thinking about it. Yeah. You're going to have to constantly think about yeah. what's next. Yeah. You're going to have to constantly think about, you know, managing the workload, the business side of it. Yeah. You know, in terms everything. of everything, just everything. Yep. I probably would never have done it because <laughs> you would have said to me and I would have gone you know what nah. I generally don't think I'm cut out that's for that a, that's like, a lot of work that is, that is like extreme and I'm not sure I could even manage that and I think but that, you have but, you have. but this is it you have to reflect on this stuff don't you you know yeah. every, with everything there's, there's positives and negatives aren't there you've got to give yourself a pat on the back you but have you, to give yourself a pat you on the back it, you that's, that's yeah. what you have to do isn't it and I think that unless you do, you don't know do you you no. just don't know and I think there's so many learnings that I've, I've gained from this, this past 12 months. And yeah. maybe I can just share a couple of with you as well. Yeah, please. And uh, 
So one of them was, uh, I don't know if you're a fan of Graham Norton. Yes. Do you like Graham Norton? Yeah, like Especially when he does Eurovision, right? Yes. <laughs> that I was listening to him on Radio 2 once, and I don't know who, was, who he was speaking to, but she asked Graham Norton, she was like, do you have a mentor? Right. And he okay. was like, no, because it's easy, to, it's easy to give advice, but it's always harder to take it. Yes. Yep. That's been like a massive learning for me. And it comes back to that point of, it's so easy, isn't it, to, to be able to advise someone, why don't you go and try that? Yeah. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Yeah, but actually putting that into practice is a, it's a, whole, it's a whole different story. It's a whole different story. And I think yeah. you have to just, you have to take that stuff with a pinch of salt and you have to just do what you can within your own capacity and finances. At the end of the day, it's all about yeah. business. Yep. You know, and you, you need to have, you know, you need to make it possible whereby you can have a living and you can yeah. have, a, you know, a, a standard living that, that meets you know what what you need and yeah. what you want and yeah. it's not worth doing it is it if you if you if you're not enjoying it i think that's yeah. the but also the second one was the the again so to like quite celebrities here but <laughs> i don't know if you've seen like the documentary dr dre in about dr dre and steve levine on netflix i haven't no. it's amazing it's like three four part series and steve levine massive music producer obviously dr dre yeah. huge huge artist and again produced the label and all that jazz but um steve levine was talking about dre being like you know, he's he was he's like a racehorse. You know, why do racehorses wear those eye masks? The blinkers, yeah. Yeah. The blinkers. like why yeah. do they wear that? Well, if they didn't, they're just going to get distracted. Yeah. yeah. That That's for it. me was like, I'm totally on that because again, yeah. you've got to use your network, and I think I've realised the amount of friends, the, the skill sets, and the backgrounds, and what they can offer, offer. and yeah. the time that they're going to give you to make it work because they see what you're trying to do and they see the benefits for people yeah. and like it's incredible and I'm so grateful to all of them and in particular my family my parents yep. I mean without them I certainly wouldn't be doing what, what we're doing but the stick putting up with me totally <laughs> but that but that Stephen Levine kind of sentiment that actually sometimes you know what you want to go and do you yeah. know what we need to achieve you know you see the gaps you see what's not working yep. and actually sometimes you just got to go out there and try yeah. and get people to listen but isn't pe it people like, feed off that people I mean your your passion is infectious Lawrence I mean admittedly you're full of it and and people feed off that, and that is why you've done so well with networking, is because people can feel that from you. People can feel that you want to go somewhere with it. You want yeah. those blinkers on, you want to be focused. And, and maybe and it's we easier. Are, we see that being serious, so everyone does want to help. But you. maybe yeah. it's easy, Adam, like when, when it is quite personal to you, uh, that comes quite naturally. And I think that's what I learned from my days in music. Actually, I didn't really want it. Yeah. I wasn't actually that I sat then. I wasn't interested. Yeah. I weren't interested in what was going on actually in the industry. And I wasn't interested in why I was doing what I was doing. So what's the point? And, and what was the point? I was going home and yeah. I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want this like, I don't want this You're life. just doing it because it was an option. It was an option. Yeah. And you're living you could in play London. The drums, yeah, you and do, you're doing yeah. that. You know, you're doing your work at the company. It's a Monday to Friday, blah, blah, blah. Yep. I totally respect everyone that does that. Yep. And actually that's not to say I'm... I wouldn't go back. That's not to say I might not end up going back to yeah, that route. Like no, That's definitely. the reality. And I think maybe you boys could share a bit about that as well. But at the end of the day, it's a, that's the reality. I I'm think... not, I'm not, I'm not, use the word blinkered. I'm not blinkered by the fact that actually there might come a day where I've got to go, actually, this hasn't worked out like we wanted it to. Yeah. So actually now I've got but to go back to plan B. We're a, we're a little bit different in our industry though. Because me and Tom, if our, say we weren't doing the business, we could still go shoot a video. You can't really make haemophilia a hobby, if that makes sense. Yeah, Whereas me and Tom have... can make video a hobby as yeah. well. So I think totally. for you, it's a bit different. You are 
so centered on that and but your music is an outlet on top of that isn't it if that makes sense that is a hobby you can do outside on the pulse and i think that's also important to have those other creative avenues I guess. Yeah, yeah totally yeah. i think yeah that is really that's really important i think in terms of like going back to what you were saying about you could have stuck out with music hmm. it's it's quite refreshing to sort of hear you say that you sort of threw it in because you were there, you were doing your music, you were comfortable, you had a nine to five job, you were getting paid, there was money there, there was comfort associated to that. But you went, actually, I'm not enjoying this as much as I was, no. and now is my opportunity to do something that I want to do, do something that actually makes a huge impact, or that can make a huge you impact. And like that is incredibly, I think it's brave because a lot of people are too afraid to do that totally a lot of people are too afraid to take the risk and just see what happens yeah and yeah it's incredibly again i wouldn't i think yeah you're totally right tom but also i would say that you know i couldn't take that risk without the type of support that i'd get and that i receive and i'm all i own up to anyone whoever i meet i mean again my parents been absolutely massive as a part of that yeah you know just in terms of emotional support yeah just to have those people around you to be able to just have that frost, you know, let those frustrations out and they understand why. Okay, not always, but yeah. they do understand. <laughs> but it's really important, isn't it, that you you have people like that in your network or you have family like that that you're close to. And not everyone has that opportunity. And I totally res- I totally appreciate that. Not everyone has. And yeah. that's what I always say. I'm in a very privileged position in terms of to I get to, to stand on stage and I get to share some of these experiences and thought processes and what we're learning and what needs to be done. Like, I like that when I'm standing there, like that last conference, it was like, you know, they're standing next to Kathy. I'm like, for me, this is just wild. Yeah. Like, this is a wild dream because I never anticipated ever being in this position. Yeah. Um, but I also think maybe that's a sign of what we're doing is actually, it's, 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 you know, it's good. Like I, it can always get better, but, yeah. and always. that's what we're working towards, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. And then never, never stop saying that to yourself. It can always be better. Totally. It can always yeah. be better. And I think you asked earlier, didn't you, Ad, about some of the bad things. I mean, even over the past year, I look at what we've done and, and some of the decisions we've made and it's like, and some of the time we've taken on certain things. It's yeah. like, think, what why, did we, why did we do that? Yeah. But, Learned, Why did we do that? Yeah, and I think that's, that's sort of the most important thing is that this whole experience, running your own business, is about every day being a school day. Learning something every single day well, and doing testing things, trying things out time. and going, actually, no, that didn't work. Let's think how we can do that yeah. slightly differently. And the key word there is experience. Is it, yeah. It's all an experience. It's all experience. Yeah. And I don't think you can... I don't think you can you can anticipate that sometimes. And I think I don't like when people suggest certain things like, I don't know, you know, in terms of when you think about investment, for instance, I've never used personal investment to to go into, sometimes you don't have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes actually, if you need to get something going, sometimes it takes that. And then you just got to have, you know, plans in place. And also, I kind of, I kind of like the the risk that comes with that. (laughs) Because if you're investing your own money, then, there's there's a bit more fight inside you as totally. well. It's not like you're just doing it out off of somebody else's exactly. money or what have you. There's that little bit of extra fight that's like, actually, no, I'm going to totally. make this work. And you're going to have like, like everyone, right? You have those days where you're like, you know, it's tough. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and sometimes you just walk away and you go, actually, we can't do this right now. Like, this is not working. Yep. But again, when, when you do have that personal investment, not only financial, but time, yeah. that drive, like for me, I mean, it's a massive driver. 
yeah. to be yeah. able to when you're especially when you're managing your own time to to be you know get up you know and, and yeah, kind of get just, ready to, yeah. to hustle. you're going to be hustle hustle <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a great word you, it's hustle yeah. man, you've come like, too far to give up isn't it yeah. like, and the thing is to give up. I think like especially with young business owners it's all about hustle and I think that's what sets young business owners apart is the fact that there is that hustle it's the only way the only person who's going to make this happen is yourself totally like you can't rely on your boss you can't rely on that comfortable salary from your boss or totally. going into a work uh, going into work on one day and you know just sitting back and not doing a lot of scrolling through social media it doesn't work like that the only person that's going to make this a success is yourself massively massively and yeah i think that's yeah and if you think about in terms of like all the sort of like skill sets and the learnings and all of that i think i mean it's um, to be able to take that forward in whatever capacity it might be yeah I mean, I'm so grateful for that. All the different things that I've done that I'm, I would never, never have done if I stuck it out in, in the job that I was. Yeah. And that, that gives me a real sense of kind of like, you know, um, sort of achievement. achievement. Success. Success. Yeah. Small that success. In, in, its own, in its own sort of right, isn't yeah. it? That yeah, definitely. Actually, you can take that for whatever you do, even if it's a voluntary capacity again. Yeah. You know, if it's still creating and, and helping some way in the community, like to take some of that skill set and support that, then that's massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Right, I think final question oh, we'll God, ask you is um, what advice would you give yourself from the experiences that you've gained over the past 12 months? If you were starting your business now, mm. what advice would you give or yourself? A, or a younger entrepreneur, what would you say to them? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are we allowed two things? Go for it. Okay, yeah. So I think two things is is time management and no regrets. Yep. Because I think on the no regrets side, you know, it's... And this is something... If I think about the music days, right? I mean, the amount I grafted... And this is... I'm talking low level. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking entry sort of thing. But the amount I got... I worked at HMV for like 18 months. Right. I did numerous interns I can't tell you the different places I've worked <laughs> I've done the people I spoke to all the different free stuff I did I, I, inter, I did an internship between that six months for free right and it was just travel that's yeah. all I was getting paid but the opportunity is born out of that six months and then I, I luckily mm -hmm. I, I, was, I got the job blah 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 and I think yeah. all that graft the opportunities I missed because of the finances yeah you know, all my mates, it was during that phase where all the lads were going out in town. Yeah, yeah. You know, there was a real, you know, everyone doing the same thing, just moving to, you know, all of that sort of thing. And I was sort of a bit behind because I knew what I needed to get to, to get a foot in the door. I knew yeah. how hard it was going to be. Yep. And I don't look back on that time going, it was wasted. wasted. Yep. It's because I still think it all leads to something, to right? But I look back on some of those things and I remember somebody saying to me, throw yourself into everything and anything. Just get yourself out. I totally disagree. Really? Ooh, I totally really? disagree. Yeah, I totally disagree. I think you have to take a measured approach with that stuff because there's yeah. only so much of you you can give. Do you know what? And I... there's so much, there's only so many things that you really look at and go, actually, there is value in like putting my time into doing this. Yeah. And I think there's some things I look back on and go, why did I choose to do that over than making experiences, creating experiences and memories with my friends and family? Yeah. That scares me. Like, yeah. And I think that's a big learning from this year is that you can't miss out on that stuff. 
No. You know, you can't miss out on creating those experiences still with friends and family and loved ones. It sounds a bit, sorry, that sounds a bit like no, 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 thingy, I, but it's totally I, true. I, I think there comes a point where you have to say, if that is impacting on that, yeah. then you need to address that because that's yeah. not, and I totally need to, and I think we still and need to do that. At like, the end of the day, relationships with people, human beings, is far more important than any other thing. Has to be, right? To, your yeah. friends and your yeah. family and like your partner or whatever it is. Yep. Like surely that that has to be your number one priority. And it's like, always. for me, it's like, I totally see, you know, that I'm always reflecting on that and, and how that's evolved because of pressure. Yeah. It's pressure, isn't it? It's pressure running a business. It's pressure of doing something. You've got your own expectations. So I think that having that no regrets and just making sure that those, you know, you don't always know, do you? It comes from experience that you're saying, Adam. But I think when you take, when you make decisions like that, that actually you just assess those and go, I'm not going to do that next time because yeah. actually I've lost out on on, yeah. on creating life, life experiences there with people that actually really mean something to me. Yeah. But then time management and that sort of relates. Yeah, definitely. I, I think... You know, we've had a big issue with time management, and and again, how do you know how long things are going to take un until you've done yeah. them? Yeah, exactly. You, you can't don't. do that sometimes, and yeah. actually, sometimes there is a massive cost. Again, time, finances, yep. a cost on other projects, cost on other things that you need to deliver on. Like you don't know that. It goes sometimes. back to what Tom was saying though about risk. It is all a risk. You have to risk that time. You have to risk that finance to see if it works. If it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And, and you, you just have to, and we talk about this, right? We always say to each other, like, what is it that's, well, I've been going on at you about it, like, <laughs> you know, what is it that happened there that actually, how we... Didn't work. Yeah, yeah. when we take that next, like, how can we stop that from happening? Because yeah. I didn't like it and I didn't yeah. enjoy that experience because yeah. that was hard. Like, yeah. and I don't think it needs to be like that next time. Yeah. And that in, that had an impact on all different things. Your, from your end yeah, as well as our end. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So two big things you know no regrets and, and time management really but also that you've got to be he's had three things now sorry I said I told you I wouldn't stop but I think you've got to know you've got to ha you've got to have that realisation of what you need to put into it yep and I think that you know for some people that can be really that can be a no-brainer for some people. No, I can't do. I'm not. I can't do. That's that, fair. You know, and that's yeah. totally fair, isn't it? Yeah. That's totally fair. And there's still a part of me that's like, actually, you know, God, wouldn't you love to just go back to something that <laughs> something easy? <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like really mundane, but yeah. the yeah. mental energy you just yeah. you can walk away at five o'clock and go like, right. The day's done. That's, that's it. it. I'm going to see the lads, innit? Do you yeah. know what I mean? But, but deep down, you don't you mean don't. that, yeah, no. because you see the benefit in the work that you're doing, isn't yeah. it? And that. That's what's that important. keeps you going, isn't it? Really? Right, yeah. now is the time for shameless social media plugs, Lawrence. Oh so if you could where, where can we find you online? Yes, give us all your dates. Love it. So uh, we are across Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, so you can find for Facebook and Twitter, you can find us as at Pulse in Sync. Uh, that is at Pulse in Sync. Um, and then Instagram's just on the Pulse Consultancy. Um, and then um, obviously we're also on, on LinkedIn. Um, yep. And then on a personal note, I'm also on Twitter at The Woolard. The Woolard. Uh, and, what's, the Woolard. and what's your website address as well? Uh, on the PulseConsultancy.com. Amazing. Thank you very, very much it's for being our first guest. I, I feel two it's, two it's been an absolute privilege, lads, and I uh, wish you all the success with the podcast. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Uh, so, yeah, thanks a lot. And that's a wrap. It was an absolute pleasure to have Lawrence as our first guest on the podcast. 
and it was great to hear his story and listen to his experiences of living with haemophilia and working with such a close-knit community. If you liked what you heard, we'd love for you to share this podcast with your friends, family and across your social media. Be sure to subscribe to Two From Two Cubed wherever you listen to your podcast and be sure to drop us a rating on iTunes. And as always, you can tweet us at 2CubedCurate or visit our website 2cubed.co for a little bit more information. And with that, we shall see you on the next episode. Stay creative, guys.